Stop it. Stop. Everyone needs a break from time to time, but especially those that take on the role of wife or mama. Join hosts Amy and Tamara as they steal away from their busy lives to unwind, vent, and learn from each other's chaos. Come hang with us in this episode of Playroom Chats. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Playroom Chats. Welcome back to our little playroom. This is Tamara, and I'm here again with Amy. And we are so looking forward to taking a break with you guys today. Uh, over the next half hour, we are going to chat about Taylor Made by Alex Seeley. It's a book that Amy and I have been reading together. And so we just want to give you guys a little review of that. And we're also going to be talking about the difficult topic of forgiveness. Um, so get comfy, grab some coffee or some tea or some wine if you're not driving, and let's chat. Yes, yeah, so Tamara and I have been reading this book, Taylor Made by Alex Seeley, um, with some of our girlfriends. And um, we're just going to kind of give a quick review on how it's impacted us and um, to share a few things from it. Um, a quick summary of the book, it is re in response to questions like, why am I here or what is my purpose? Alex uses her personal testimony to look at generational patterns that have impacted her life, um, which led to insecurities and then her view of God and um, and then also God's view of us. It is a guide to us um, to the conclusion of why we are uniquely made. It is just a really good book, and I think it will help us all to remember that God is our tailor and that we are, again, uniquely made. So so I think we'll start with, like, some of our favorite uh, takeaways from the book. And uh, do you want me to go first? Yeah, what were your favorite takeaways? So the first thing that I noticed is that it was nice to hear – that I'm not alone in my insecurities, which I know that, like, I know as women, like on social media, we can go and look at any posts pretty much by a woman. And if it's an honest one, you know, it, you can identify with it. Uh, but her viewpoint, she's so blunt in how she talks and she just says how she feels and unapologetically. So like for me, like I really relate to that because you know, I, I feel that way a lot of the times. Um, and I talk that way a lot of the times. So for me, just to hear from someone that sounded like me, <laughs> you know, that, that converses like me and communicates like me, um, just kind of was more impactful to me to hear her, her, her story that way. So it kind of, it was relatable. Like I felt like there was somebody out there that truly understood a lot of the things that I feel and there's some things that I couldn't relate to her on because I didn't, I don't feel the same. I haven't experienced the same things that she has. Right. I, I feel the same way, even though I don't communicate, um, probably as straightforward as she does in her book. She wrote it very well. It was just very well written, mm -hmm. but there were a lot of things that I associated with on different levels. And, Whereas my path definitely wasn't like hers. There were things that she pointed out to me in my life that I was like, oh, wait, I've experienced similar yeah. to that. Yeah. So there's still there's just there's a lot that I could relate to. it. So that was probably one of my favorite things about it. The other thing would be like 
I wasn't expecting this to happen, but uh, in the first couple of chapters, I she's talking a lot about um, how her mother treated her and how that led to her insecurities, how her mom talked to her and and just interacted with her and communicate with her and how she took on those words and those labels and it impacted her negatively in a way. <clears throat> and so as a mother reading that, and I thought while I was reading it, like if I had read that when I didn't have children, like if I had read it and read the book in college, I would be analyzing my relationship with my own mother, own mother, like how she talks to me and things like that. But I couldn't even think about how my own mother talked to me. I could only think about how I talked to my children. And I felt so convicted. Um, and Amy and I started reading this uh, back before, it was December, right? Yes. I think so. We were supposed to start in December. And I think y'all know that I'm a terrible reader. So <laughs> I didn't start till January. <laughs> but we started back a while ago before I made my goals for this year. And it, the, that reading those chapters about how her mother spoke to her was one of the things that led to my goal of trying to speak words of encouragement and edification to my kids every day. Um, cause I was just so convicted by her experience and just how impactful her mother was on her negatively without her mother probably even realizing it. Right. One of the words that her mom used, and this isn't a spoiler or anything, um, but her mom used the word accident. Like she was the baby of four and she was an accident. Mm -hmm. They didn't mean to have four children. They would have been fine with three. And the way that impacted her just as a mom myself, looking at that simple word mm -hmm. and the mom, I know I mean, as moms, we know, like those words are simple words that you yeah. don't really mean anything, anything negative by. by it's usually. just something that you say. And the way that it kind of snowballed into something much more for her. Um, I agree. I didn't look at it as a relational thing to my mom because yeah. I'm a mom now. And so I looked at it as. What am I saying to my children that's going to mess them up for years? Yeah. Um, and they don't need therapy. <laughs> right. After telling me. And, and I remember, like, after reading one of the chapters, I actually took both of my boys aside separately and said, if I've ever said anything to you that you replay over and over in your mind, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. That's not, that was never yeah. my intention. Yeah. Totally agree. One of the other things was she talks a lot about how do we get past um, generational patterns? How do we get past um, these labels that we put on ourselves and get to the point where we're allowing what God says about us to define our purpose and our how we live our life and how we view ourselves? And she's one of the things she says in there is be patient. The process of retraining your brain to think that way is going to take time. You know, it, it was not, it's not like it happened overnight that you took on those negative labels. It was something that took a long time to build up in you and to affect you in that way. So it's going to take a while to kind of like put that stuff away and take on the new. So, um, it just reminded me a lot. She talks a lot to as Christians, like about the sanctification process and how that all ties into that. Um, I just thought she did a really great job of like 
pulling up scriptures that were empowering and uplifting and to remind you of who you are, whose you are, how God sees you, that there is a plan for everyone, but there's a plan specifically for you. And, you know, God will reveal that to you. God will guide you to that. You just have to be patient and work through it and continue on that journey. Right. I think also, regardless of whether or not you are a Christian, I think that this would be a book that could definitely affect your future Mm -hmm. um, and kind of change the past. Like um, Tamara was saying with the generational um, changes or say the mom's mom was treating her this way. And then the mom just treated her daughter that way because that's just how she, she grew up. And that was the only way she knew. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we all have those generational things within our family. There's probably, not a single person on this planet that had the perfect childhood and wouldn't change anything about how right. they're going to parent their children. So just hearing that and even thinking like, what are those curses that I'm changing? Not that my childhood was bad, but there, there are things, you know, my love language is different than my parents. And so, and knowing what love languages are now trying to do all of them for my children mm-hmm. so that they Feel the love. Not that I never knew, didn't know my parents loved me. That was never a question. It was just, I don't feel like I got the love that my love language is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I would say the main like takeaway that I took from the whole book, and this is, will be the last thing I, I say about it, is that it really, it really renewed my desire to build on a relationship, relationship with God, which I feel like if that's something that a book does for you, then that's probably the best positive you can say about a book. Um, but to set scripture as my definition of who I am and let that and the Holy spirit guide me to whatever purpose that God has designed for me. Um, and not just in this particular season in life, but as I change through, cause that's we're ever changing and we go in and out of seasons and our purpose will look different 10 years from now than it it does right at this moment, continually be moving towards that, but letting scripture and the Holy spirit guide me to that and not taking on any out, any outside influences. And one of the verses that she references quite frequently throughout the book is um, John 10, 10. It says Jesus did not come to earth and die on the cross. So you could just exist until you get to heaven. He came to give us life to the full. That just made me realize that there's so much more to our walk with the Lord than just salvation and obedience. And like, he truly wants us to fulfill our purpose and to do it joyfully and to have everything in abundance. And um, so that was my main takeaway from the book. I think it's a great book. I think it's, I recommend it to anyone that's struggling with what am I doing with my life? And, or if they're struggling with who am I, Um, you know, or I hate myself or why do I feel this way? You know, I just feel like this book really answers a lot of those questions that people have about themselves and highly recommend it. I agree. I recommend it too. Um, I think for anyone that is struggling with the things that of their past, that they are just having a hard time letting go of, she does a really great job in there of explaining 
how God kind of took that from her mm-hmm. and said, Hey, you need to give it to me. Yeah. Um, let it go. Yeah. And as someone that has had to do that too with certain things, it's hard to do, but the way she writes it, she writes so well mm-hmm. that even for someone like me that has a hard time <laughs> reading, um, it's easy to, it's an easy read book. Yeah. And yeah, it was really easy for me to it, get through. It's hard to put down once you've started, started it. Mm-hmm. So I, I do, I recommend it. It's a 10 out of 10. <laughs> it totally is. All right, we're going to jump into our next topic, which is all about forgiveness. Um, we're going to just kind of talk about what is it, how does it affect us, and all of that. So, Tamara, do you want to start us off here? Sure. You know, Amy and I talk about a lot of different things in our podcast, but we always plan out, obviously, what we're going to say. We don't just get on here and shoot the breeze most of the time. And sometimes our conversations are like that, but... We felt like it was a per- this was an appropriate topic to go with the book that we reviewed because she does talk a lot about she has a whole chapter about forgiveness in the book and just how it's important to forgive in certain situations. But well, it's always important to forgive. But I did a little bit of research on my own and just looked up like the basic de- definition of forgiveness. And then I also went and did some research and just study of the word forgive forgiveness in the Greek, how it's used in the Bible, because I wanted to understand that part of it too. And so I'm just going to read it real quick. So the basic forgiveness definition is a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance toward a person or group who has harmed you, regardless of whether they actually deserve your forgiveness. And then in the Greek, the word that's used in the Bible for forgive that's translated as forgive, um, which I'm not even going to try to say this word because I can't speak Greek and I don't remember enough from college to be able to uh, try to sound it out. But the word that's Greek that is translated to forgive, it carried a wide range of meanings. So it could be, it could be that it was to forgive a debt, um, to actually leave someone or something alone. So to like walk away from something or someone to allow an action to just happen, even though you don't feel like it should happen to leave or to send away to desert or abandon and even to divorce. So I thought that the definitions in and of themselves were very different. Like they're just, you know, the definition that you think of today and then the definition of the word and how it was used back then is just very different. I feel like the Greek word allows for more situational forgiveness, <laughs> meaning like, for instance, there's some things, some wrongs that would happen to you that maybe would require you leaving that situation completely, like moving away, cutting that person out of your life, whatever it may be. And then there are some where it's just like, OK, you know. I forgive you, whatever, you know, and so you move on with your life. So I just thought that was interesting that, that that there was such a huge difference where, and I feel like the Greek word kind of hits more on physical things for lack of a better way to explain it. Whereas the definition that we know today is all about your feeling, right? how you feel like your emotion. And whereas the Greek word, it's more concrete. It's like, this is what you should do. Like yeah, kind of it kind of gives you yeah. step by step of what to do. Yeah, it's and just so it's just a little different. And when you go back and read scripture about 
about forgiveness. And I read a lot of different commentaries about it. And I read some articles about forgiveness written by pastors and theologians and stuff in preparation for this. Not for this solely, but for myself, because I really do struggle <laughs> in different areas of forgiveness. But it's very, you should go read, read some stuff about it because it's just interesting how that word is used in different ways in different scriptures. And um, anyway, uh, so you know, maybe on your own, do a little bit of research on that. The issue I'd like to know if you struggle with the same thing that I do, but one of the issues that I have with forgiveness is not actually forgiving a person because nine times out of 10, the person that I am having to forgive is someone I care about. Like it's a loved one, a friend, you know, and so I want to forgive that person because I care about them. I want them to be happy, even if it's something horrible. Like I'll, I'll still forgive them. I feel like as Christians, it's easier for us, easier for us to forgive. It's not easy, but because we've been forgiven, um, so we understand the weight of it. So for me, that part's easy. It's the moving on part. It's the, <laughs> the letting go of the letting go of what actually happened. You know, I always think of that. You know, I'll forgive you, but I don't forget it. You know, kind of thing. And I can't forget it. Like that's that's the hard part for me is moving past that, you know, to forget it. But are you ever supposed to forget it? Because I don't know if you forget it and it happens again. I mean, history repeats itself. Yeah. So if you if you forget it completely, are you setting yourself up for it to happen again? Yeah. Whereas if you don't forget it and I'm not saying like. You just continuously think about it, or right, right, it or right, whatever. But don't dwell on it, right? If it, if you still remember it, then when something similar starts to feel like it's going to happen like that again, mm-hmm. are you more apt to be able to stop it before it happens, or are you going to let it happen again because yeah. I'll just forgive them? Yeah. I don't know. You're probably right. I feel like that would be the case. Like I'd be more apt to let it happen again. (laughs) Yeah. So probably the worst or the hardest, um, because that was one of the questions we were going to try to answer was like one of the hardest situations for us, for me to forgive is when the person doesn't realize or doesn't, even if you tell them that they hurt you and you make it pretty clear that they did, they don't feel apologetic or they don't agree that they hurt you or they don't see how impactful it was, you know, like, I feel like that's the hardest one for me to like move on past, you know, um, in the last five years, like I've had two friendships that basically just like went from me being a huge part of their lives to me being not a part at all. Like, (laughs) so it was very confusing. Um, and I don't even know what I did wrong. So uh, it was very hurtful. Like I just felt extremely hurtful because when I invest my time into people, like I'm a quality over quantity person. So I try to be that for other people too. And so um, I don't have a ton of friends. So when I do find a friend, I usually go over above and beyond to try to make that person feel like I care about them, you know, um, And so with these people, that's what I had done. I mean, we became very close very quickly. We did everything together. Our families did stuff together. And for it to just all like dissipate just because some things changed in our life, which weren't negative things. It wasn't anything bad. Um, Just circumstances changed. We moved on into another season of our life. But it was just like the next day, it's like no, no texts were returned. No, nothing like that. And I'm the type of person, too, that I feel like I end up in relationships where they're one sided. 
And I don't know if that's just because of the type of person I am. I don't know. But if I don't call first, if I don't text first, if I don't plan something, then it doesn't happen. Like that person won't just reach out to me and be like, hey, do you want to go do this? You know, like I haven't had friends like that since college. Right. But I don't know. Like, how do you do you have friendships like that? I call those friendships. Friend jumpers. Friend jumpers. Ooh. Because... For a while, I let those kind of people hurt my feelings Mm -hmm. in thinking, what the crap did I do? Yeah. I was their friend, and now I'm not their friend. Yeah. And then I came to realize that it really wasn't me. Yeah. That they are seasonal friends, A. Hmm. They are with you during a certain season of your life, and then they're gone. Or they're friend jumpers, and my <laughs> definition of friend jumpers are those types that get with a, a group of friends or a singular friend, and they are buddy buddy with them, and they're best friends, and they do everything together. Yeah. And then they find a new best friend, <laughs> and then they're that best friend for yeah. a while. And you can see a pattern because I've had these friends that they do that, and then mm-hmm. they come back around and. Before I had kids, I had a couple of these. I could see them. And I, I always ask Daniel, like, what in the world is going on? Like, we were best friends and now we're not, you know? Yeah. And, but then I realized that they were doing it to these other people too. And it wasn't anything, like, they didn't realize that they were hurting anybody's feelings. Yeah. By jumping to the next best friend. It was just, that was whatever was what they wanted to do right now. Yeah. You know? And it's fun, you know? I find friends. That's a good way to look at it because I, I guess I just never thought about it that way. I, I probably would be less butthurt over it yeah. <laughs> if I had looked at it from that perspective from the get go. Yeah, um, and then seasonal friends too. I mean, like the same you're way. gonna have friends yeah. that your friends are friends with your kids, or their kids are friends with your kids. Yeah. So y'all hang out and do whatever, or you meet during this time in your life, and then your life goes this way, and their life goes that way, and it's. It's fun when those friendships break up. I mean, it's sad, too. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. My biggest thing is um, I've had to forgive people um, in my life. Again, like you said, those ones that don't don't forgive you or don't ask for forgiveness or don't um, feel apologetic, feel apologetic mm-hmm. or whenever you confront them and say, well, I forgave myself for that long time ago. Like, oh, 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 great. I'm glad you forgave um, yourself. Because <laughs> I was struggling right now. I just want to punch you in the face. No. Um, <laughs> I, one hurt, and I'm not really going to go into much detail on it because I don't want to bring up past hurts, especially if um, that person is listening. Um, so she and I were really close. And then, and I mean, like best friend close. Mm-hmm. And then she ended up hurting you, hurting me. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way that I never expected her to hurt me. I lived in hatred for so long and I was a Christian at this time. Yeah. Um, every time I would hear her name or see her face, my blood would boil. My face would turn red. I just wanted to punch her face out. (laughs) Um, and finally one day I was like, all right, God, I can't do this. I, I, I just need you to take this away from me because I can't forgive her. Yeah. Like I'm just, I can't, she mm-hmm. did something horrible to me and I just can't forgive her. Yeah. And she's not sorry or she is sorry. She forgave herself, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I need to be able to move on. I need to be able to hear her name because she is someone that is 
still not really involved in my life, but in people around me's life. Right. Um, she lives in my town, so I'm going to see her from time to time. Yeah. And, um, I just don't want to live in this anymore. Sure. And so it wasn't overnight or anything, but God did take that away from me. And so then I could hear her name or see her face or even go to her dad's funeral. Yeah. And hug her and tell her that I was sorry and be there for her in that moment. Um, and then her too with, um, with someone that I love that passed away. Um, there will never be that connection like we used to have. Sure. Mm-hmm. Because I won't forget. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to let that back into my life for that yeah. purpose. But you forget. But I forget. And you let it go. Yeah. And you and, moved on. Yeah. Yeah. But it's very healthy. It is. <laughs> and I mean, let me tell you, there are moments. When the devil tries to bring it up. Yeah. But I have to remember that it doesn't do me a bit of good to. Right. Up. Yeah. So yeah, forgiveness good. really isn't for the other person. It's really for you. And I agree. Like, I really do agree. I think that I think it's okay to mourn the loss of that relationship. If yes. it's, if it's that kind of a hurt and hopefully it's not, hopefully most of the time you can just forgive. I mean, little things come up, you know, forgive the person, move on. Sometimes a conversation isn't even warranted, you know, but if you do have to have a conversation, have one, you know, for those big hurts, like I think it's completely okay to forgive and mourn the loss of that friendship of Mm -hmm. that relationship and then move on. Yes. I think you can't dwell on it. Yeah. Because when you dwell on it, that is when. Right. For a short season. Yes. (laughs) Back when it happened, I. I had to ask all the questions and get all the information so that I could process it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I kind of like put it to the side mm-hmm. and went on with my business. But then it kept coming back. back. Yeah. And that's when I was like, okay, I haven't really dealt with this. Yeah. So if it's a big hurt, you have to deal with it. You can't just brush it under the rug. Right. I mean, yeah. period. You can't. Yeah. It's going to, you're going to trip over it in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. They'll sneak up on you. Yeah. So definitely if, if you don't know God, you know, we're here to pray for you and we would love to, to help you walk in that, um, on that path. But if you need help and you need prayer for, for, you know, helping you to forgive somebody, like we're here to help you. Yeah. Reach for out for sure. I think that that's probably one of the easiest thing, easier things for, for me is that because I have my faith and because I've been forgiven, of pretty much every horrible thing I can do in my life by the only person that really matters, which is God, it is easier for me to forgive. And I think about too, like people that aren't Christians, like how much harder it must be for it to forgive. And that also kind of puts into perspective the world today. Like, you know, if your husband does something wrong, bye, you know, let's just get divorced. There's no forgiveness. If you're, friend does something wrong by Felicia like I'll find somebody else I'll be my friend right you know and so that's to me like a, a great parallel you can see the differences in how a believer would respond versus a non-believer that you know and there are people that you, you there are situations where you do have to say walk away from that person like scripture does talk about that and and that's okay and then there's just some situations like you said it's seasonal that person's going to come in and out of your life but regardless i feel like we always need to practice forgiveness it every situation warrants it like every wrongdoing 
you should forgive. Well, you know, and when it comes down to it, you want to be forgiven too. Yeah. Because so when are we going to slip up every single day? Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. So forgiveness guys, practice it, deal with it. Um, and let it change your relationships and your life. Yeah. And we want to know from you guys, like, what are you dealing with forgiveness wise? Like, are you having a hard time? Yeah. Or is is there anything that you found that helps you move on faster? Yeah. Share with us. So now it's time for our fail and our triumph. Um, I'll go first with my fail. So my fail this point is my middle son, bless his little heart, um, on the daily (laughs) asked me to play with him. He asked his dad too. So, you know, it's not like he just asked me, but asked me to play with him mainly because he doesn't really like play with his older brother. They fight a lot. And his younger brother is a baby and destroys everything he wants to play with. So <laughs> so he asked me a lot to play with them. And he loved he has a big imagination, you know. And so he wants to make up stuff and do fun things, which is great. And sometimes I do play with him. Like sometimes I do sit down and I'm present and I can play with him. But recently in the last couple of weeks, because I'm trying to like prepare for my surgery and get some things done, um, and I've just had a lot on my plate, I haven't had to say no. A lot of times. And so I just feel like I've gotten a little short with him a couple of times when he's asked and I've said no a lot. And so I just feel like I failed him in that way. Um, but you know, I just, the only thing I want to try to do better with that is to try to maybe like once or twice a week be like, okay, yeah, sure. For 15 minutes and like set a timer, you know, instead of me feeling like, okay, I have to sit and play with him for like an hour. Like I don't, I could sit and play with him for like two minutes and that would be enough. You know what I mean? And who doesn't have 10 minutes, you know, I, uh, and that he would be thrilled with that, you know, but I do play with him. Just, it's just not as much as I have normally. So I don't know. I just felt like a horrible mother all week because he's asked so many times. I've said no so many times. So I just feel like poo poo about it, to be honest with you. What was your fail? So my failure this week, I let something that was totally out of my control seep anger into my heart. I struggled a lot this week with with just bad thoughts about people and things that had to do with that situation. And um yeah, so just letting anger be there. there. Be there. Yeah. Take control. Yeah. Yeah. Easy to do. Um Okay, so triumph. Let's talk about some happy things. I have continued to be consistent in my goal to speak encouraging and edifying words over my kids every day. Every day, I, I like when I wake up, I try to think of something. And then, you know, if I can't stop for a second and write it down, because I, I don't try to really spend time doing that in the mornings as much just because we're focused on trying to get out the door for school. But when they get home or in the car on the way home or whatever, I'll say, hey, I just want you to know this or that or whatever. And so I'm constantly like making little notes, like to remind myself, okay, this is something I say to Sawyer. This is something I say to Silas, you know? So I just, I'm really proud of myself for doing that. And I'm, it's, it makes me feel good that I can give them that. And I hope it's something that they'll remember. And that's the only thing I get done every day. Then I feel like I've succeeded for the day in some way. Yeah. So my triumph is 
kind of goes along with my felt. Um, the day that I was struggling the most and I really needed to focus on something other than the anger, um, I reached out to you and a couple of other friends and was like, pray for me, please. I, I <laughs> asked for help. Like, I can't, I can't focus on this right now. Like, please help me to pray for me to be joyful. And so, um, just knowing that I needed help in that, um, and seeking that instead of just letting it fester. Yeah. Um, for longer. That was truly a triumph for me. Yeah. Before we finish. Okay. Um, by the time that our listeners are hearing this, you will be having your surgery. Yes. And so I want to pray for you. Just the day that listeners. this, the day that this releases. Yeah. I will be in the operating room. Yeah. So, so. I want our listeners to join us in prayer and. Uh, just be with you and that's a good love for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Father God, I just pray for Tamara and the doctors. God, I just pray that everything goes smoothly and that nerves are calm. God, I pray that she's able to get everything done um, between now and then that she needs to get done before she can't do them. God, I pray for the people that are going to be helping her in recovery afterwards her mom and her husband that i just pray um, for their spirits to be full of joy and helpfulness um and that everything goes smoothly in that sense god i pray that you are there with the doctors and that you give them steady hands and uh, eyes and ears to understand exactly what needs to be done and that they get it done precisely and perfectly god i pray for tamara as she goes through this that you just be with her and help her to relax and that she feels better afterwards and that recovery isn't as long as she expects it to be and it's in your son's holy name we pray amen Amen. Thank you, friend. That's so sweet. Yeah. Um, I should probably say I'm not dying or anything. <laughs> um, I am having a, a hysterectomy, a total hysterectomy because I'm, my body, my, my lady parts are not happy. And so my doctor's just like, let's just fix them up and you'll feel so much better. So that's what we're going to do. We're just to take them all out, except for my ovaries. We're leaving those. Um, but we're taking everything else out. And so, uh, that is what I'll be having done um but i wanted to get these episodes done so that we can make sure we still yeah. are chugging along for you guys um but yeah so that's the end of our show for today and we have enjoyed chatting yes. together for you guys to listen to yeah and join us on social media and you know interact with us guys we're going to try to post some more interactive uh posts uh for you guys to answer questions um but like amy said like always reach out to us if you need prayer or guidance or if there's anything that we can help you with we want to be here for you guys um because in a way you're there for us just by listening and so we so appreciate you all for listening so thanks so much have a great week bye bye Thank you so much for spending some time with us. If you had fun listening to our craziness, we would love to have you subscribe to our podcast. Also, don't forget to follow us and drop in to say hi on our Instagram and Facebook. You can find us at Playroom Chats. Feel free to share this week's episode with anyone that you think would enjoy it. We hope to have you join us next Monday for an all new episode of Playroom Chats. Have a great week.